Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I remember a story one time about a, a very well-known preacher back in the, uh, the mid-1900s. Um, him and his wife just had a throw-down argument before church leading up to walking into the door of the church. And they go in the church that night, and he just dances and shouts all over the place. I mean, just rent his clothes, tie backwards, collar upside down, shouting. His wife just sat there and didn't do a thing. So after church, they were on their way home. Car was silent. And she says, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand you. Okay. What are you talking about? She said, we argued and fussed and were mad at each other until we walked in the church door tonight, and you danced and shouted all over the place like there wasn't a problem. He said, it's because I wasn't mad at God. I was mad at you. But how many times do we let life get between us and God? I'm here for him this morning. Aren't you? Amen. <clears throat> Here for the Lord today. Thank you for your giving this morning. Uh, we are prayerfully believing God for the need to be fulfilled. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 24. <clears throat> I'll hasten into the word of the Lord this morning. The book of 1 Samuel. Chapter number 24, beginning with verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. If you're ready for the screen, say amen. Uh, I think there were a few amens out there that were just kind of quietly saying amen. 1 Samuel 24 and 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheep coats by the way where was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men retained in the, remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thy hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Watch this now. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And then he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul, but rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, 
the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. I want to I wanna minister this morning with the help of the Lord today on this topic. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Bishop, would you one more time take us to the Lord in prayer today and ask God to anoint us today for his word. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, somebody clap as you're seated this morning. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I am an overcomer. David is on the run from Saul. However, as the story I just read to you this morning unfolds, David maintains his integrity. He had an opportunity to take care of his enemy. Saul had made himself David's enemy because of jealousy. And uh, David, instead of killing Saul as his men explained to him that he had the right to do, the Bible tells us that he just simply cut off the corner of his garment. And then even afterward. He, he didn't even feel right about that. He, he, he felt repentant about that. And we see in the, in the word of the Lord, in our, uh, the, the later verses of our scripture text this morning, that, that David even tried to make things right, for a, and it worked for a limited amount of time. And then we find that he's on the run from Saul again. I want us to understand this morning that part of this issue was caused by the children of Israel demanding that they have a human king. God never intended on them to be like other nations and have a human king. He wanted to be the one on whom they were dependent. And we need to understand that mindset today even as as we progress into the 21st century. God still wants us to be separate. Amen. God still wants us to be, and I'm not even talking about holiness right now. God still wants us to be separate. Yes, there is a separation in our appearance, but there should be a separation in our conduct. There should be a separation in our behavior and how we conduct ourselves in modern day life. There should be a separation in our belief system. Amen. There, 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 there should be a separation for us that the world, when they look at us, not because of our appearance, but whenever they see our conduct, when they see the belief system, when they see how we do life in this modern day present world, it should separate us from other people. 
A second reason that this happened was because Israel picked the wrong king. We find in 1 Samuel chapter 8 that Israel demanded a king. Saul is chosen in 1 Samuel chapter 9. Saul is anointed in 1 Samuel chapter 10. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, Saul is rejected by God. In 1 Samuel 16, David was anointed to be king. In 2 Samuel 5, David is installed as king of Israel. Jewish historians put David at 10 years old when he was anointed to be king. Others put him around 15, so it's safe to say this morning that somewhere between the age of 10 and 15 that David was anointed to be king, but he did not have his installation as king until the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel 5 he was 30 years old. Pay attention to this point this morning as this jumped out at me while I was in study. Saul was chosen, then anointed. David was anointed, and then he was chosen. Some decisions in our life do not need to be made until the anointing is present. Some circumstances in our life need to be infused with God's anointing before we take action. Before you quit teaching a Sunday school class, you need to infuse that decision with God's anointing. Before you quit and walk out of the church, you need to infuse that decision with God's anointing. Before you miss for whatever life is bringing you, you need to infuse that decision with God's anointing because every step I take needs to have the anointing of Almighty God infused upon it. I need the name of God invoked on my life. I cannot live without his anointing. David knew he had been anointed to be king, but he remained a servant in humility. David had worshipped in the presence of God long enough on the backside of a shepherd's field to know that he needed to be in step with divine direction. David did not abuse his leadership calling to usurp authority before its time. In 1 Samuel 23 and 9, the Bible says, And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said unto Abiathar the priest, Bring hither the ephod. Now I would, I would dare say this morning that we are guilty today of knowing about issues in life and worship is not the first thing we do. There, I, I, I don't know of very many people, unfortunately, and I'm guilty of it myself. I don't know of many people that the first thing they do when someone's threatening to take their life is say, okay, God, I need to worship you. God, help us today. Help us to focus on what we need to focus on. David knew what was going on. He knew Saul wanted to take his life. He knew that it was unjust. That didn't make any difference. He knew that the ephod was a necessary garment for worship. And if he was going to survive this circumstance, he needed to worship God through it. In 1 Samuel chapter 24, it contains the action scene for this dramatic chapter of David's life. And we find yet again in 1 Samuel 26 that David spares Saul's life a second time. Constantly, David has the opportunity. He's on the run from Saul. And David has the opportunity still to take care of the problem. Somebody say amen. 
But David chose not to take care of the problem through the, 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 the lens, looking through the lens of man. David chose not to take care of the problem through the, the prodding and the instruction of the people around him. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't in my notes this morning. But you need to be careful who you're listening to. I, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. We, we can worship or not, but I feel the Holy Ghost today. And I'm telling you, you need to be careful who you're listening to. Because if you're not listening to God and you're listening to man, it will lead you astray. You will find yourself still coming to church and you'll be in an apostolic worship service and you'll be backslid on God because the Spirit of God's no longer moving you. Holy Ghost no longer touches you. Everybody else is hooping and hollering and you're wondering what's going on. I'm telling you, you need to get your voice right. You need to get your ears right. And you need to be listening to God and not what man is saying. If David had listened to men, David would have killed Saul and possibly lost his anointing. But the reason why David was anointed to be the king that he was is because he never lost his integrity. 2 Samuel 22 and verse number 2, the Bible says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in Him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower, my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Ladies and gentlemen, David wasn't worshiping because his victory had arrived. David was worshiping because he needed his victory. Too many times we stop short and we'll not praise God till the victory comes. I want to rise on this Sunday morning and tell somebody, you need to praise God to your victory. You, you need to worry less about victory. To praise him for the victory. Now if you look at the timeline of events here, I just read to you out of 2 Samuel. I realize that the timing of this writing might appear to have been recorded well after David's issues with Saul. But I can't help imagine this morning, Bishop, that David lived through what he wrote about before he ever put a pen in his hand. And while he's living through this circumstance with Saul, I can imagine that the, the singer, songwriter, and musician was singing, The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. He's the one in whom I depend. It's Him that I trust. David is a popular man. Still popular. Not only in the apostolic church, he's popular among Israelis for all of the reasons in Bible history that we know of. David started out as a shepherd boy, youngest of eight sons, but he was the anointed one. Songwriter, giant killer, city conqueror. Sounds pretty extravagant, but he was a normal guy. Believe it or not. He was a husband. He was a father. 
he did become king. He was the father of Absalom. He was the retriever of the ark. He was a premeditated murderer. He was a premeditated adulterer. But he was a repentant man. He was a God follower. He was a man after God's own heart. And he was, as the Bible records, the chief musician. In 55 distinct passages of Bible writing, the introductory statement to the Word of God that follows is to the chief musician. The reader of these scriptures can find explanations indicating to the audience the instrument and the author of the psalm in most occurrences. In Psalm 4, David finds peace and refuge in God. In Psalms 5, he receives strength and joy. In Psalm 6, he sings a song of confession and humility before God. In Psalms 8, he speaks of the glory of God. In 9, David celebrates the help and goodness of God. In 11, David lifts his eyes to the Lord and finds faith in a time of testing. In 12, David praises the Word of God. In Psalm 13, David finishes in a place of trust, joy, and encouragement. In 14, he reviews the sad condition of a man who rejects God while he says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. In Psalm 18, the psalm of David who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemy and from the hand of Saul. In 19, this psalm reflects more than any other the beauty and splendor of Hebrew poetry in the psalms. In chapter 20 is found the voice of a multitude that prays on behalf of the king of Israel ready to go to battle. In Psalms chapter 21, it connects with the previous Psalm, chapter 20, and would seem that the victory prayed for and trusted has been realized, and David is thanking God for victory. In Psalms 22, David sings as more than an artist, but as one of the greatest prophets to ever speak pointing to Jesus, the Messiah. In Psalms 31, this psalm makes a cry for deliverance out of pressing danger and trouble. In Psalm 36, this short psalm ends with a brief but earnest intercessory prayer. In chapter 39, vexed and disgusted with life, David feels the desire to murmur and complain, but aware that his words are watched by others and his enemies are ready to make use of his words against him, he refuses. In Psalms 40, it is the occasion of great deliverance. Is anybody seeing a pattern here? In Psalms chapter 41, he He has deliverance from trouble. In Psalm 42, he teaches the lesson that in the deepest sorrow, the soul may still turn to God. In Psalms 44, he is a God who comes to our help. In Psalms 45, his throne is forever. In 46, he is our fortress. In 47, he is the king over all the earth. In 49, it's a poem reminding us that we should not fear in the time of trouble. In Psalms 51 is the, is the often quoted prayer, Create in me a clean heart, O God. 
in Psalm 52 is the steadfast love of God and it endures. In 53, there is none that does good except God. In 54, the Lord upholds my life. In 55, cast your burden on the Lord. 56, in God I trust. 57, the Lord of the Lord, the glory of God is over all the earth. In Psalm 58, God judges the earth. In 59, deliver me from my enemies. In 60, God will tread down our foes. In 61, lead me to the rock. Somebody shout hallelujah. In 62, my soul waits for God alone. In 64, hide me from the wicked. In 65, he's the God of our salvation. In 66, it's another song of thanksgiving and deliverance. In 67, cause God's face to shine upon us. In 68, this psalm is one of triumphant praise. In 69, save me, O God. In chapter 70. Oh God, deliver me and make haste to help me. In 75, it's it's a hymn of praise and anticipation of deliverance. Let me stop right there and pause for a commercial break. When did we stop expecting God to deliver us? Because I'll declare to you this morning under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost today that if we would come to church expecting God to do something, God's going to do something. But if we continue the status quo of coming to church mechanically and we're just clocking in, clocking out, God's never going to do anything for you. God's going to do something for people that's going to worship Him. God's going to do something for people that's going to praise Him. Deliverance doesn't come without sacrifice. Deliverance doesn't come without effort. He is an all-knowing God, but He is worthy of our praise. Show me one time in the Word of God where God hesitated on His deliverance because you had a bad day. Part of our problem, the First Apostolic Church of Mount Carmel this morning, and my job is not to tell you what our problem is today, but I, I, I will say this, is we don't come to church expecting anymore. This isn't in my notes today, but I'm feeling something right now. And I'm telling you, when when we expect more out of a television show than we do an hour and a half service, when, when we get more satisfaction out of worldly entertainment that may or may not be wrong, we make it wrong whenever it is an influence in our life that is greater than the power of God. Enjoy your 30 minute drama TV. I could care less. But if you put that before God, enjoy your sports. I do. Sister McGee, I yell at the TV. And if I'm in position to do it, I'll get up and I'll stomp. I might even throw something. It's usually soft. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'll throw a pillow. I'll throw a hat. I'll pull off my socks and throw them. What, what, I'll, I'll throw something if my team's not doing right. But shame on me if I can express more, more emotion and more interest in whether or not my team's winning than I do in the house of God when all I've got to do is turn to the back. 
Turn to the back of the book and know we've already won. It would be a far cry shame this morning for the church to lose the war because we've lost the battle. And I'm telling you today, I'm an overcomer and I'm not stopping short of deliverance just because life is not what I want. That was not in my notes today. I didn't intend on saying that. But I'm telling you today, we're either serious about being saved or we want to be lost. There is no in-between. You're not going to fake it to heaven. I feel the Spirit of God this morning all over me. And let me declare it one more time. You're either serious about being saved or you would rather not be saved. I'm not, I, 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 I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm mad at the devil today because he's a deceiver and a liar and he has convinced us and he has sapped our victory and he has caused us to stop anticipating what God's got for us. And I declare on this day that God's got victory. God's got deliverance. But God's not going to baptize us in deliverance until we expect him to do it. Eh, hear me today. David fought. David struggled. David got depressed. David wanted to quit. David, get ready now. David sinned. Now I realize I probably couldn't make this statement in some churches, but unless there's just some things that I don't know about this morning on some of our histories, I think I can be safe in saying that in this audience this morning, uh, and that is I, I don't know of anybody in this present company, and I'm not referring to those listening by way of podcast right now, but those in present company today, I don't know of anybody that's killed anyone. At least not physically. David did. While he was king. Think about it. What what would you what would you do? What would you do if if forget about the police. This, this is not about the popo. Forget about the police. Forget about laws, modern day American laws, for just a moment. What would you think? Our, our highest potentate around here is Bishop. What would you think if Bishop went out today and drew a sword and murdered someone? I realize David didn't kill Uriah with his own hands. 
But he gave the instruction. That was premeditated murder on his part. What happened happened because David wanted it to happen. He might as well have been holding the sword. I understand that this morning. What would you do if Bishop did that? And then got up and said that he had repented before God. Let's have church. Come on, stay with me. Because in essence, that's exactly what happened. Y'all not ready? This isn't in my notes. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to follow after God right now. But I know you're not ready for this, but here we go. That's exactly what happened. And we'll read the Word of God and we'll glorify David and we'll talk about how great he is. And we'll hold grudges against a brother that's across an aisle in the church because we don't like what they said. And we'll destroy an atmosphere of the Holy Ghost over our own rotten attitudes. Oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Otherwise, the Bible would never say quench not the Spirit. You do have control. Let me tell you something. It only takes, it only takes one person, one Spirit. That's how important it is that we have serious-minded people who want to be saved. Because if we're full of carnality and we're trying to worship, the visitors and guests that we have, they're never going to stay. Talking in tongues is not the separator. Who we are when we live, that's the separator. Because let me, let, me, let, me, let me mess with the theology this morning. You can talk in tongues and not be saved. David messed up. David sinned. But what David refused to do was stop doing what was right just because he did something that was wrong. So what did he do? He repented. What did he do after he repented? He got back up. And he started performing his kingly duties again. I want to tell somebody this morning that just because you may have messed up doesn't mean you need to stop worship. Matter of fact, I would even declare the opposite of what you might think today, and that is that when you've messed up, that's when you need worship. You need worship more then than you do ever before. I think it was Sister McGee that said recently, maybe in one of her teachings or, or another occasion, that, that one of the best things that you can do uh, when, 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 you're needing, when you're struggling and you, you need to grow and you're struggling to, with, with God and struggling in your walk is to pray for somebody else. Psalm 76, he declares a psalm of thanksgiving, deliverance, and mercy. Psalm 77, in the day of trouble, David said, I seek the Lord. In chapter 80, he says, restore us, O God. In 81 is a song of thanksgiving and a psalm of complaint from God that his people would listen to him. Hear that now. Psalm 84, my soul longs for the courts of the Lord. In Psalm 85, it was a prayer of restoration. In 109, help me, O Lord, my God. In Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. In Psalm 140, the 55th writing to the chief musician is a psalm of supplication, a request for deliverance. 
you don't like where you're at today, ask God to get out of it. If you don't like where you're at today spiritually, you need to worship Him. You don't wait for victory to come and then worship. You worship God by faith that victory is coming. You understand that the Apostle Paul did not get the deliverance he sought after. So we worship God anyway. Our attitude must be, God, if you heal me, I'll worship you. If you don't heal me, I'll worship you. If you deliver me, I'll worship you. If you don't deliver me, I'll worship you. Why? Because worship's not a, a chemistry formula to get a, a deliverance. Worship, worship is not a formula to just say, if, if I turn the lock three times to the right and two times to the left and four glory hallelujahs to the right and one thank you Jesus to the left and I'll get my victory. No, God wants you for you and then He'll decide what He's going to do for you. Ultimately, he's God. I'm going to skip some of the mechanics of this, but the phrasing to the chief musician in the Hebrew language means to the overcomer. We can be overcomers today. The Bible says that we're overcomers. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask today why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord right now come on let's worship him oh God I love you I find my joy in you, God. I find my peace in you, God. I find my strength in you, God. As you continue to worship this morning, if you want victory today, I want you to come to this altar and stand. If you want to be an overcomer today, I want you to come to this altar. If you want to declare that you're an overcomer as you leave this building today, this altar is where we need to be this morning. Come on, let's cry out to him this morning. You may reach a hand over on somebody's shoulder and pray with them this morning. Come on, we need the presence of God today. We need deliverance. We need the power of God today like we've never seen before.
We've been made overcomers today by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony today. Somebody needs to declare and worship with your voice this morning. We need to declare victory today. We need to declare that I'm an overcomer today. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.